Great. Great to have our kids, and great to have you. You did a lovely job, old people, too. That's good. Thank you for your participation. It's wonderful. Um, listen, I have just a couple minutes here before it turns into a giant rumble, and it just keeps growing with all of our children who are doing such a wonderful job so far. Um, but I just want to just take a minute here in this Christmas season to uh, really draw out this idea of the transforming love of Christ, if I could just do that. Uh, there are few things in the world that have the power to transform lives, and there's probably varying degrees when you even think about that. Um, unfortunately, I think as humans, we tend to tack, tap into the negative ones more often than we do the positive ones. Kind of just the way we roll. I think we've learned over centuries and millennia that fear and guilt and shame and condemnation are actually really powerful motivators. They are, aren't they? You can't deny it. And, and don't try, because this is Christmas. And you know what that means. That means Santa Claus is coming to town. And you know the song, right? He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good, so be good for goodness sake. And I'm going to try and be super careful here right now that I don't throw everybody off for those of us who have younger ones whatever. But isn't it interesting? Clearly, someone wrote that song hoping to use it as a way to really manage behavior of our children, right? <laughs> Make sure that they have good behavior and go to bed because we like to go to bed too tonight. It's just kind of the way it works. And I would say this, unfortunately, over the years... Way too often, the church has adopted that idea. And I would say we've got kind of a Santa Claus is coming to town version of Jesus, who knows what you're up to, and if you're good, you get his love, and if you don't, you get a lump of coal. And I just want to take a moment today to just help us understand that that's actually not the real Jesus. There is a love that transforms so much deeper than fear. So much deeper than guilt and shame and condemnation. And this is the love of Christ. And so just a few minutes to affirm the truth of this much greater motivator. Love is the greatest power. And I know that sounds so cliche, but let me just explain what I mean. If that's true, why don't we use it more often? Why do we always default to the negative stuff, to the other things? And I, I think if I just search my own heart, the answer is the negative stuff is just easier. It's easier to use. Love as a motivator is not easy. It doesn't come naturally. And you know why? Because love requires radical sacrifice, which is not natural for most of us. Speaking of radical sacrifice, I've been watching Hallmark Christmas movies with my wife. Um, <laughs> come on. And before you think I'm just such an amazing husband, I would do that. It's like secretly I don't mind them that much, so it's probably not that radical. At least the good ones. There's like there's levels of cheese in the Hallmark world, you know, and it's like I, I have like somewhere if it gets over about a six, I can, you know, on the cheese, I can, I, I'm okay, but... 
We watched one recently, and it was so interesting. And part of the reason why I liked it was because they actually finally changed the storyline. It wasn't like, you know, the love interest lives in the big bad city and has the big job, and they get, you know, life turns around because they go to the country and find, you know, the per- you know, like, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. This one was interesting because the guy has died, and to get his wings as an angel, he has to hook up his old girl with a new guy. Everybody, come on, you know you watched it. You're just pretending like you didn't. And in it, and I won't give it all away, because it's actually not bad. You should check it out. The whole time through the movie, he's like trying to find ways to break, break them up, right? Because why would he do that? And you can guess, ultimately, the power of the story is making great sacrifice of his happiness for her happiness. And as cheesy and horrible as an illustration that is, isn't that what love's about? It is about sacrifice. Love is not a feeling. We we really struggle with that, I think, in our culture. Love is not something that we feel and then we go, cool, I'm in love. Love is a decision of the will. It's a choice to put another person above ourselves. That's actually what love is. Real love. And here is the interesting thing. Jesus has demonstrated for us the greatest love of all time. Not just because he points us to love, but because love itself comes from him. From God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Jesus is love. Let that sink in for a second. Jesus actually is love. He is where love comes from. And he demonstrated his love in a way that was incredibly powerful and transforming. Maybe you're familiar with this passage, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whoever believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. The father sacrifices the son. It was a huge sacrifice. Anybody at that stage where you're letting the young ones go? Not easy. Much deeper. The son sacrificed heaven and the father. The glory, the comfort, the wealth, and the power. And check this out. He was born to an unwed teenage girl who had no glory, no comfort, no power. Who does that? <laughs> and ultimately, he gave his very life on the cross for this world. And, and even between all of that, each day he got up and sacrificed what he wanted for what the people around him wanted. A sacrificial love. And here's the point I want to make. He didn't do this because we humans were so loving to him already. In fact, we were the opposite, were we not? He didn't come because we were just really big bundles of joy and love. Oh, Jesus, wonderful. In fact, all the people around him rejected him and put him on a cross and killed him. He didn't come because we loved him first. Amen? Because if he waited until you and I loved him, we'd be waiting forever. 
He came anyway, in spite of the fact that we really couldn't care less about him. Sacrificial love. And this is the kind of power that continues to transfer, transform hardened hearts in a dark world to this day. I don't follow Christ and do good things in order to earn his love. That would be fear. That would be condemnation. That would be guilt and shame. And check out what John says, the next verse, the one we often don't read, John 3, 17. For God not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. I follow Christ and do the good things that he asks because I already have his love. Do you catch the subtle but incredibly different and powerful difference in those two phrases? I love because I am already loved. And this is the power of his love. This is a power that can motivate a human to love other humans even when the other human doesn't deserve it. That's power. And this is what Jesus asks of his followers. First John, we're using a lot of John today, First John 4, 7. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son to the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sin. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another like this, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. We celebrate this time of year, Christmas, a season of Advent, part of the church calendar for centuries. To celebrate the birth of Christ, the big theological word, the incarnation, that God left heaven and became one of us, a human with the name Jesus. John, going back to the beginning of his gospel account of Christ, says this in John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Capital W, he's talking about Jesus. Jesus Christ is God's greatest message, his greatest word. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. And I love this. This is what we've been talking about this whole season. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. If you've been around church, if you're familiar with the scriptures, and you're familiar with the gospel account of John, this is not new to you. But something to think about. I think sometimes we forget that when John wrote these words, he was writing them after the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
We read it, you know, we read the book, and it's like, hey, here comes Jesus, he's born, he comes into the world, and whatever. But John actually wrote this book after it was all done. I just let that sink in for a second. That as we, yet again, celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, we already know that baby Jesus grows up, and he goes on to defeat the darkness. This is amazing. He came into our world, and the hatred, and the envy, and the lies, and the false accusations and trumped-up charges that got him murdered could not keep him down. Three days later, he rises from the grave, and he defeats it all. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness still has not overcome it. This is the transforming power of the love of God through his son, Jesus Christ. And this is the transforming power that he offers to us, the transforming power that these three young students have experienced in their lives and got in front of us to declare. Have you experienced the transforming love of Jesus? A love that allows you to love, not to gain favor, to make it somewhere, but just because you already have it. It's ours. Is this you? We, uh, we're going to end our service today in prayer. Uh, we want to pray for our students who are baptized today. We want to pray over us as a congregation as we continue in this Christmas season. And I just want to throw that out there. Maybe it's time for you. Maybe it's time for you to publicly declare your faith in Jesus Christ. Come talk, please. Let's talk about that. Maybe it's time to give in to the true and greatest love and greatest power of all time, Jesus Christ. Do you think about that?